You're listening to a podcast of This Positive Life, thebody.com's growing collection of first-person stories from people living with HIV. This is Erica Nelson reporting for The Body. Welcome to This Positive Life. I'm here today with 35-year-old Esmeralda, who lives in Berkeley, California, with her husband and two HIV-negative children. Esmeralda has been living with HIV for several years. She works full-time as a housekeeper and studies English in school. Esmeralda, welcome to This Positive Life. Thank you. Can you tell our readers and listeners about your personal history with HIV? How did you find out you were positive? I want to start my story with my husband. and We love each other and we decide to be together. I decide to be with this person for the rest of my life. And everything was going fine. And after my first baby, my husband started getting sick feeling a little bit sick, no, no, like a really sick. When he runs or do exercise, he don't have enough air to breathe. And later start coming with diarrhea and those kind of things. And by the time I was living in Mexico, he went to the doctor and they checked him and do some tests. And he take the HIV test and everything came negative. And... They also told him he had an infection in his lungs. And he started drinking some medicine for that. And we thought it would be okay. But after time, this medicine doesn't work because he didn't get much better at all. And he started getting more sick. He's not able to run or anything like that because it's hard for him to breathe. And... His brother and him, when they decided going to go in a different doctors, and he went to a big city and to another hospital and, and, and find more opinions of what is going on with him. And he left one day in the morning. He took his extra change of clothes because they said maybe we stay for tomorrow or maybe we come back today depends they went to the hospital the doctor and they started making him the test and they tend to his brother actually he's really sick he has to stay in the hospital and they stay there and they start making you know tests for everything to find what's going on and they find him with AIDS and really, really advanced AIDS, like they say, it's nothing to do. But this time, they say it's nothing to do with, you know, because it's really advanced, and we don't have medicine at all for this. And he has really advanced in his brain and his, you know. And they told his brother, and they don't tell him. His brother tell, okay, don't tell him right now. Do whatever you can to to keep him alive, to give him alive, and to be okay. They bought two kinds of medicine, two pills, like the really, really, really expensive in Mexico. And they start with those two pills. They say it's no chance. They don't tell him with the diagnostic to not make him worry or depressed, he don't everything over there in Mexico at that time, okay? 
if you have it, you die. They don't tell him the results, and he died, and by Sunday he was dead in the morning. I was able to be in the hospital because I was feeding my baby, and it was really small, and they said, cannot come with the baby in the hospital. And it was a little bit far, and they told me to to stay away. They didn't tell me either what was going on, and they said, oh, pray to everything comes okay, yes, then. And they tell me, he's okay, and they, he's okay. They, they tell me, oh, he, he's, he's okay, just pray, pray a lot for everything be okay. Even when the day he died, they don't tell me he's dead, and they bring him back in a box. Everybody start getting ready, getting together, and I was, what's going on? What's going, nobody telling me anything, like, oh, yes. You know, just be strong, and because he's coming back, we're bringing him back now. But yes, pray, because only God can do something. But they don't tell me he's dead already. It was so scary, and, and I was feeling it already. And I was really, really bad condition at that time. See everybody getting getting together, everybody coming from over here from America, because most of his family, his sisters, and over, over here. And everybody started arriving, and 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 I was and I was okay. This this is something else, and getting find out till he arrived, and you know, and uh, that body. How did you react when they brought him back? I was really really crazy, and I was so why you guys did because he get up of his house with his bag walking and tell me, telling me maybe I see you in the evening and bringing him back dead he was sick but the thing he never stopped he's not doing anymore he's dying he don't show that he keep doing what he needs to do he was sick but he don't stop somebody do something, you take him to make him better, and look, you kill it. I was really upset, I don't mind why this happened, how this happened, and it was really, 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 it's really hard to express because it's really, really intense. How long do you think he had had HIV before he finally went to the hospital? I he have it for a long time because he been over here for five years in, in America and then he went back and it's when we get together. Do you have any idea how he got HIV? Do you think he got it while he was in the United States? Yeah, I think so because the doctors say he'll have, he'll have happen for more than five or, I don't know, ten years. But the virus doesn't go so quick and they say he'll have it for kind of long time I don't have the chance to ask him do you think somebody give it to you or you have idea how you get it I don't have that chance or that opportunity to ask questions and later on when after we bury him they start talking about taking me to the doctor and I would have no idea why. Maybe because I was really stressed out. They give me pills to make me calm in those days, you know. And they don't tell me what's going on. They say, oh, we have to take you to the doctor, check you, and maybe to the baby. And they tell me, 
stop feeding the baby, the breast milk. And it was really, really sad for me because my baby, she she don't eat, she cries, she cries, but she don't want to take the, the bottle because she don't used to. And sometimes I see her crying and crying and, spill, and spitting all the milk I give it from the bottle. And she was hungry because I'm not feeding him for a long time. And sometimes I feed her, and they tell me, don't feed her, you breast milk, because the way you are, it want to affect the baby, because you are really emotional, and you want to pass it to her. Nobody told you your husband had HIV, or that you might have it, or that you might pass it to your baby? They were just kind of giving you these vague instructions? Yeah, they told me about three or four days later, they, they tell me he dies from AIDS. Once you found out that he was positive and that you might have it. Did you then go to the hospital and get tested? Yeah, they take me to the hospital to get some tests in Mexico. In Mexico, it's nothing, no education about it. Like, I don't know nothing about it, you know, like AIDS, you just die, you just diagnosis or that. I was thinking I was going to die, and they take me to the hospital. And people have a lot of fear about HIV, Oh, ACE. Actually, I just hear ACE. I, n- I never hear the name HIV before. I hear about it ACE only. People don't talk about it too much. They take me to the hospital and take the test, take the blood, and they tell me, you have to come back in two weeks. And I went back to the city in two weeks. But they don't give me any receipt or anything to go pick up my results. When I went to the hospital, they say, you can not come inside the hospital with a baby because it's dangerous. You have to go somewhere. And they tell me, you don't want to come inside right now because we just take our dead body who died from AIDS. Oh, my God. You know, if, if those people know I, I come in to pick up my results from AIDS, they want to kill me. I start walking around the hospital, and I find an other enter, and I go inside the hospital to try and get the results. But I don't tell him, you know, I just went to the hospital and said, okay, I come to pick up some results I do two weeks ago, and I just come to pick them up. And they ask me, what is for? For diabetes or is for what it is? I never tell them because I don't, because I was scared to tell anybody. And I say, I don't know, I just, they take me some blood, and I don't know what it's, uh, what it's for. I just come in to pick up my results. And I don't pick up any results. And I went back. Well, how did you finally find out that you were positive? Yeah, I went back, and I was alone, because I don't have my family on my side. Because I don't get married. My family is Catholic, and I don't want to get married by religion. Because when my family told me, when you get married for Catholic or from the church, it's forever. I wonder, but I saw my mom struggling a lot with my dad. It was hard. And I said to myself, I don't want to get married till I know the person. I don't want to get married for the religion till I know the person is the one who's going to be good for my whole life. And if it's not, I don't want to keep trying to have a person in my life or get married and stay with this person if it's not good to me.
I don't want to be forever with this person. And for the reason, my all my family, they stopped speaking to me. They don't want to know nothing about me. Like, okay, you just go and you go out of the house. And you know not daughter anymore because you don't get married. Did you have a ceremony? It just wasn't Catholic? Or did you not get married at all? I don't get married. We going to get married for legal marriage, but not in the church. And when my husband died, and I was living in the house with him, and all the family was there, and they take me out of the house, and I have to find a place. After four days, my husband dead, and I find out a possible have a, you know, and I also have to get out of the house. They told me I had to find another place to stay. Why did they ask you to leave? They said in this nice way, and it's going to be really hard to live over here now by yourself. And I had to leave the house, and I had to find a place where to stay with my daughter. One of the sisters of him told me to come to America. I don't want to come because, you know, I want to die over here in my, in my country, and I want to bury with my husband. And they say, okay, you alone over there, we're not able to help you anyway. Why you don't just came over here to help you with the baby? One of his brothers, he said, I go all the time over there. If you don't want to stay anymore, anytime you want to come back, you come with me. And, and I decide to come. Doesn't matter where I, where I stay. And the time I get here, I went to take the test. And they did it, and they, the test came in two weeks. And the test was negative. And it was in October. They sent me, you have a really big chance to have it. We want to have you another test soon. And they give me another test, like end of December. And they give me my results in January the 2nd, 1988. 1998? Yeah, yeah, you get it. <laughs> At that point. How long had you had HIV, do you think? What year did you and your husband get together? We've been together for two years. I don't know when I get it. Between those two years, I think, yeah, happened, maybe. You said that when your husband got tested earlier, like when he very first started to get sick and his test was negative, what do you think that's all about? I think the equipment, it wasn't working well because it was a small city and the technology over there. I think it was no good. I think it was what happened. And you think that he had had HIV before you guys even met? Yeah, I think so. So when you tested positive in early 1998, what did you do then? The first time I came negative, I can breathe a little bit. When they tell me I get positive, I stop again like living, you know. What do you mean? What did you do? Like, just waiting to be dead. And I was struggling, too, because having my baby. And I was, okay, this baby's going to have it. I was, if I have it, the baby's going to have it. And I was really, really scared for my baby, and I was just worried for her. I don't thinking about me or anything, and I just worried for her because I said, what she needs to believe in this, you know? Did you go get your daughter tested at that time? Yeah, they tested after they find out I was positive. And she came negative. And they say it's a big chance she don't have it. 
that we want to keep doing the test. And I was like a little bit feeling better for her. But also I was really, really scared because I was thinking I'm going to die. And another thing, I found out I was pregnant. And that time, when they first gave me my results, it was negative. Later on, I started feeling like I have these changes in my body, and I don't know why. Like my breast is growing up, and after I start feeding the baby, and everything goes down at all, like everything goes down. And my body starts coming up again. And they give me a test, and you know, for and I and they tell me you're pregnant. When they tell me it was like in December, November, I think, so when they tell me I was pregnant. Who was the father of this baby? My husband, the same person, because I get pregnant before he died. You have four months pregnant, you know, and I don't know. I was no idea I was pregnant. Right. So after you were pregnant the second time, they tested you. Yeah. And then you figured out that you were positive. So so then what? Did you start taking medications? They say your HIV is no high and your T cells are really high. You you okay, you normal. But we we have start giving you medicine to prevent for the baby. Were you worried about passing HIV on to your second child? Yeah, I was worried. But I was a little more confident he'll be okay. But I was really worried about my first baby because I don't have any treatment. And I was feeding the baby for a long time. And ultimately, both your children are negative, right? Yes, both came negative. And over here, they start telling me, it's a new medicine now. It's a medicine, uh, you can drink it. And you can be okay, you know, like you can live for five years. And, okay, I say, I want to start doing it because these babies are negative. And uh, any time I can stay with them, looking after them, you know, it'd be helpful for them. Did you start taking meds after you had the second child? Yeah, I start keep drinking some the medicine. I keep, and it's when my fight start coming to keep fighting to be okay. Okay, I need to be okay, and I have to be okay for these kids because I'm not leaving these kids alone. If I start thinking about it, to die and leave those kids, and I get really, really sad. Or I don't see nobody can look at them to say, okay, I can die in peace because my kids want to be okay with this family. I don't see that. What kind of support did you have through this whole time? Did you talk to anybody about being positive? Did you go to a support group, anything like that? It take me so long time to do it. I was really scared. I was hiding all the time. I don't even want people to see me that much because, you know, maybe they find out. I was really, really hiding. And for quite a time, I have a social worker who started talking to me more and then... Uh, a uh, nurse from the county who sometimes come to my house, talk to me, and and those people start helping me. And they start to me to inviting uh, to see other people, and I was 
I don't want it. I was really, really scared. And my social work said, you know, I'm having a, like a party today. I think it was close to Christmas time or something like that. And she told me, it's more friends who want to have the same you have. And, and they want to understand you. And they don't want to judge you. And they want to support you. And you want to feel okay because it's not somebody else who don't understand. And I decide to came to the party that day. I don't have any right or public transportation. I don't know the system or anything. But I know where it was. And I tell my social work I tried to get there. And she gave me uh, some ticket to get in a bus to go there. I don't know how to get the bus, where to get it. And what I did, I start walking. And I walked for two hours, and I get to a gas station, and I called my social worker. I say, okay, I'm trying to come in, but I don't know how to get the bus, and I don't know where to get it. And I was walking, but I don't find the place. And I tell her where I was. And they went to pick me up, but I was really close already to this group of people. They support me, and they start telling me, oh, I have it, and I have it for this much time, or how they doing. And I saw really good people with no sick, you know. they looking okay. And I saw another woman who have a two child, and she was doing okay. And I keep them like a friend. I start talking to them, and they give me their phone number to talk to them and if I need anything. It, it starts coming like good friends. And sometimes I talk to them and so I don't know what to do. I have this appointment, and I, I know how to do it. And some of them came and gave me a ride and helped me to get to my appointments. And, and sometimes we just talk, you know. And I wouldn't start, okay, thinking myself, I have to be okay, I, and I need to be okay for these kids. And I was struggling because the family where I living, the sister, my husband, and she telling me, like, be careful, don't leave your dishes where you use, don't leave it everywhere. Tell my sister what's the situation over there. And... And she helped me to, and said, you want to get out of here? And I said, yeah, because sometimes I, I had to go out. When I came back, the doors are closed, and I need to wait till 9 or late to get inside because I don't have no key to go inside the house or to go to, go to, to the garage or, you know, I need to wait. And it was... It was hard time, and it's a shelter. They have in a place right now, and she asked me if yeah, I want to go there. And, yeah, and I went to a shelter. It's more for women for if they've been abused. They, they accept me because I'm having children and I have nowhere to stay. And I stay in that shelter for four months. After that, I find a, a room. To 
a room to stay with no no share with any because in the shelter I have to share with another person. I and mean, it was really tough time too because it was hard to share with a room with another person who you don't know and other persons have another problem is different than what I have. And it was tough. But it's when I start getting more angry and I start learning how the HIV can pass to another person. And, and I see people treating me good, like, you know, you don't want to pass it to me that easy. And when I f- get out of the shelter, I moved to, to this room. It was in Oakland. And it's when I find world, world, and I start going to to world, and and they help me a lot too. And I have Piet Advocate over there who talk to me, who take me here to find more services and and all like that. How long do you think it took you to process the diagnosis? More than a year, yeah because I don't have no support, and uh, and the place I was living, they don't let me process, I think, because they don't accept too much, and I have to be careful, and I have to be thinking all the time what I have and be scared and all like that. And after I get out of there, and I start learning, and I think it's when I start to process and try to live a normal life. Two years, I believe. What job are you doing? I clean house myself. You do that full time? Yeah, and going to school too. And I I go in the evening. You're studying English in school, right? Yeah. That's great. And I go on Saturdays to school. I go twice a week and once on Saturday. And my kids are taking a Japanese class on Saturdays too. They go to class and I go to class. Do the people that you clean house for, do they know that you're positive? No. I just work with them. And most of those people, I never see them. I just can't clean the house and get out of the house. And I have a key, go inside, clean the house, and get out of the house. Have you ever experienced any kind of stigma or discrimination at all because you're positive? Yeah, I've been taking out the house, the house I was living with my husband. It was for that. It was no other reason. In Mexico, I don't tell them, I keep it quiet. There's some closest I think they they know, and they keep it the distance. I remember in Mexico, one neighbor near me offered me some food, and I was going to get the play, and she pulled back the play, and she went her hand, put the pieces of food on my hand, and she don't let me touch the plate. You talked about not being close with your own family. What about the family of your husband who passed? Are you still not close to them? Do they know your HIV status? Oh, yeah. All they know. All his sisters, brothers, they know he dies from AIDS. And they know I have it. Do you ever talk to them anymore? Once in a while, I'll talk to the mother or my husband. She died, like, it's going to be two years ago. And uh, with her, she was kind nice with me, and she loved the kids. And now she passed away with this family. I always tell them where I am, 
What are the kids if they want to know them? Because I want my kids where they came from. They almost never call them, and they never visit them. And what can I do? I always tell them, you know, the kids over here, whenever you want to talk to them, whenever you want to call them, they're here. But I'm not telling them, come, come do it. Because if they don't want it, I don't want to force anybody. Then July, because one of my husband's brothers came from Mexico, and he came to visit his father, and his father was really sick. And they called me to see, I want to come to see them and to the grandpa, so the kids, because they think he, he might die. And that's the last time we saw them. I talked to the kids, it's their family, they, but they don't really call them or visit us at all. What do you think has given you the strength to speak out about your HIV? To prevent and to help because I was so close. I don't know nothing about it, and I was really scared when I have it. To prevent people to have it and people to find out if they have it, to take the test, it's better to find out than don't because if you find out, you can take care of yourself because many people who, who I know, they just came to the hospital really, really sick, and it was an age really, really advanced because they don't know. And they came to the hospital in emergency, and, and it's when they find out. And they have to be sometimes months in the hospital to recover. What advice would you give somebody who just found out that they were positive? To just take it and don't stop. Start living a new life. Make a better life. This can make you think about it. What kind of life you've been living and what kind of life you want to have and how you want to live. Because this thing make you think and maybe put your feet on the ground. Esmeralda, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Okay, thank you. The opinions expressed by hosts or interviewees in this podcast do not constitute professional advice, should not be considered substitutes for professional services, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Body Health Resources Corporation or its sponsors. Please see the full disclaimer online at thebody.com. If you have comments or questions, please contact us. Thanks for listening to This Positive Life. For more podcasts and other first-person stories, please visit us online at thebody.com. If you'd like to share your story, please email us at podcast at thebody.com.